0: Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. So glad that you're with us. I am Peter Rosenberger, and this is the program for you as a family caregiver. For those of you who are taking care of an aging parent, a special needs child, someone with a disability, somebody with an addiction, somebody with mental illness, whatever the impairment, there's always a caregiver. And we're glad that you're here with us right now. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. Hope for the Hope for the Caregiver. Dot com. I hope you'll go out there and take a look around at some of the things that we have to offer. You know, the life of a caregiver can be a bit frenetic. Is that a, is that a good word? Is that, is that the word for the day? Frenetic. And we tend to look like plate spinners. You remember the old variety shows? Ed Sullivan and all the others. And they'd have these guys come on with these all these really long sticks and they'd be spinning the plates and doing all the stuff. And, and uh, do, do we have any plate spinning music? Can we, can we, Miss Producer, can we get some of those? Can we get some plate spinning music? Aha! there you go. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like the soundtrack of our lives? Can't you just see us running back and forth to the kitchen, to the laundry room, back to the bedroom, to the hospital, to the pharmacy? <laughs> That is excellent. All right. That's enough of that silliness. But that sounds like us, doesn't it? And, you know, placementers understand a truth that we as caregivers would do well to know. We're going to have messes. We're going to have crashes. We're going to have a lot of broken pieces scattering our stage. <laughs> and we know this. And yet, we push ourselves to a standard of perfection that no one comes even close to accomplishing. And yet we keep doing it. Somehow thinking that, okay, this is the one where we're going to get everything just right. But if you notice these guys, they would always have mishaps. They would drop stuff. Something would break. They'd look at the audience and shrug and and just keep going on in the music. Because the show had to keep going on. They recognize that what they're trying to do is crazy anyway. We're all applauding because it's it's remarkable to watch what they do. I still don't know how they do it. I mean, you know, they, they got those long skinny sticks and they would put these things on there on top of it. I don't know how it kept going. But they would do it and they're smiling and laughing and having a good time. Well, maybe we could incorporate some of that. You know, they didn't get all worked up about broken pieces on the, on the stage. Now, if they had too many of them, they wouldn't get invited back to the show and people start booing them. But, I mean, it's just going to happen. But what do the broken pieces, of those shattered objects look like for us? Well, a fractured relationship, argument, poor health, aberrant behavior, career interruptions, a checkbook on life support. Now I've gone from preaching to meddling. And in some cases, there's actually broken dishes laying around. and And it's okay for any one of those things, it's actually okay for all of those things. But when they're all happening at one time, now that can be a problem. If the whole thing goes completely, you may have to stop the show. But it usually doesn't happen that way. It usually happens when we'll have a drama with one person here or something happen with our checkbook. But if our checkbook is overdrawn every single day, that problem's going to fix itself. Okay? That's not going to keep going because it's unsustainable. You're going to go bankrupt. So... It doesn't do much good to berate ourselves over that. let's let's fix the problem let's keep going let's let's get back up on the horse. And one way we can detach from uh, just beating on ourselves for that is to remember this little axiom that I heard a long, long time ago, a friend gave me this and I love this it just it sums up our life as caregivers. If you don't make it worse, that counts as a win. If you don't make it worse, that counts as a win. No kidding. Now, I know that we're aiming for the gold medal of perfection. So not making it worse may seem like, you know, a distant silver or a a bronze medal, but it's still a victory in the unpredictable world of caregiving. And and you got to admit, our world as caregivers can be a bit Unpredictable. That's a good word. Unpredictable. I mean, you, you don't know what you're going to face from day to day sometimes. And never underestimate the, the crisis de jour that could come our way unexpectedly. And keep, keep this in mind. Caring for somebody with a chronic impairment, it ensures that a minimum of two flawed and stressed individuals face relentless challenges daily. Now you think about that. If you're caring for somebody, that means two people who are mistake-prone, flawed people, and under a great deal of stress and angst are facing relentless challenges daily. Caregiving doesn't show any mercy. It's not going to stop just because you're having a bad hair day. It's not going to stop because I get a cold, I mean, how many sick days do you get to call in as a caregiver? So this is what's going on with us. We're going to have broken plates. And it's a difficult situation that can quickly spiral out of control. But in that context, now you think about this, not making it worse is admirable. And that's worthy of putting a check mark in the win column. Say you have an argument with somebody. Say you're getting into some kind of altercation, or somebody's upset about you with something you've done, and maybe they're legitimate upset. I mean, maybe you really did something that hacked them off. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Not making it worse. In other words, I don't have to be defensive. I could just simply try to make amends, own it, and say, you know what? I, I really hear. You're disappointed, or you're angry, or you're frustrated, and I certainly regret that. And I'd like to to make amends for that. That's not making it worse. Doesn't mean it takes away the sting of it. Yeah, it's it's an altercation. It's uncomfortable. But it it means that we're going to start from here and go forward. I, I can I can make some positive decisions right now and go forward. But if I get all defensive. If I get argumentative, if I want to prove them wrong so that I can be right, all that kind of stuff, how does that help? All that does is prolong the craziness and make more broken pieces litter the stage. And we don't need that. We can own it quickly and seek to make amends, or sometimes we don't have to do anything. Sometimes we could just you know in our minds put duct tape over our mouth and just not say anything just be quiet I struggle with that I mean I host a radio program I talk for a living so it's hard for me to not talk you know my son was tough at this he says you speak in sermons and paragraphs okay I gotta take that one on the chin I do I do that for a living so yeah okay so sometimes I have to work extra hard to bite my tongue and, and like the taste of blood, sometimes you just don't have to say anything and just be quiet. That's not making it worse. And that counts as a win. What are some ways that you today cannot make it worse if you have a loved one that repeatedly asks you the same question? I got a friend of mine whose wife does that just ask him over and over and over to the point where he's just about ready to lose his mind, he said, and she has dementia but he doesn't argue with her. Don't make it worse. And that counts as a win. And there's a great quote from Dale Earnhardt that I think applies here. You win some, you lose some, and you wreck some. <laughs> Isn't that a great quote? You win some, you lose some, you wreck some. And you and I have won some, we've lost some, and we've wrecked some, but we keep going. That's That's the journey of a caregiver. So the next time you look at your checkbook and you're thinking, you're putting your hand over your chest like Fred Sanford used to do. It's a big one, Elizabeth. Don't make it worse. Let's just slow down the spending. Let's start thinking through how to not make it worse. And then put that check mark in the win column. Okay, how about that? This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll be right back with author Mary Tuttereau. You're going to love this interview. We'll be
1: right back. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry. And for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House Construction Ministry, please email us at at 8 daysofhopecom or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com.
0: My name is Rick Scarborough. This is Come Home
1: America. Our nation is under assault by a cabal of liberalism in the media, education, and government. They are destroying the very foundations of Western civilization while many in the church sleep, and most pastors refuse to speak out. They deny God's existence, and from that vacuum, they make up their own rules regarding the right and wrong, normalizing the abnormal and immoral, and even advocating for gender reassignment surgery for adolescents. We're living in an upside-down world as the foundations are being destroyed. What shall the righteous do? Well, the answer to that is we can repent and start voting for righteous candidates. And if there are no righteous candidates, be a righteous candidate. I am Rick Scarborough, and it's time for the church to come home. Go to our website, recoveramerica.com.
0: It's just a To hold on to. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. Glad to have you with us. Hope for the Caregiver.com. I am joined by a wonderful friend of this program and of mine and a fellow South Carolinian, Mary Tudorow. And she is joining us from way down in the low country of South Carolina. Uh, she is the author of The Heart of a Caregiver. And also that is her website, theheartofthecaregiver.com. Longtime caregiver for over 30 years now for her daughter, Mary Addison, with special needs. Mary is not only a prolific author, but she has um, a great outreach to fellow caregivers, uh, including me. I really enjoy listening to what she has to say. And thank you for being back on this program with me, Mary. I appreciate you being here. Last time we tried to connect and we had some difficulties. Here I am way out in the hinterlands of Montana, and I was able to connect, but you weren't able to there in the Chic urban setting that you live in. I won't mention your internet provider, <laughs> Comcast. But I, uh, no, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm glad to have you with us today. Tell me how you're doing.
2: We're doing great. It's a rainy day in the Low Country, and whenever that happens, who knows what's going to happen to technology? We hadn't figured it out down here, Peter. You're right. <laughs> I mean, if a bird flies over North Dakota, my internet goes out. So I don't know.
0: Well we we have an unobstructed view of the sky out here and it's a big sky in Montana. So we have uh at night you could actually see the satellite. I'm on Starlink, and so I can look up and just wave to Elon Musk and uh no, seriously you you no, can
2: see the satellite? No,
0: no, you can see some satellites. I don't know if it's the satellite, but you can see some. On well, I am a big
2: view. sky out there.
0: Uh it is, it is indeed, and uh uh, it is on a cold night, which of late, we've had some very cold nights. The sky is particularly clear. And so my my niece works for NASA. And she gives us a lot of lowdowns on all things going on in the cosmos. And I've always thrilled to hear what she has to say. And um, she goes to a, a church where half the folks there are NASA engineers. Uh, you know, wow. she said, "I mean, she's just like so many people there working at NASA, and it's fascinating to listen to them talk about the Word of God uh, in the context of the heavens declare the glory of God, and so forth." And I, I just, she, she's a fascinating person to talk to, and, and very a lot smarter than I am. Uh, she's a, she's a, she grew up in South Carolina. She's up there, the Upstate, uh, where I'm from. And uh, but but she is um astrophysicist, and I love to listen to her describe the the heavens declaring the glory of God. It's just it's wonderful to hear that from an astrophysicist. And so, Absolutely. anyway, what I does
2: an astrophysicist do, Peter.
0: I don't know. I I I graduated, thank you, Lottie, from high school, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. how come so lousy? Uh, you know, but it's um uh she's she's a wonderful guy. I digress though. And I'm glad to have you with us. Sorry, it's a rainy day there and the local, but it's always beautiful where you are. Well, that is yeah. one of the most beautiful areas of the country. And I, I'm thrilled to have you here. Tell me what's going on in your life, and then we're going to get into some things that you want to talk about today.
2: So I have got myself a nice big fancy hot spot so that I don't have to rely on <clears throat> Comcast. And
0: Comcast. Um, <laughs>
2: And I'm connected to my hotspot thinking there'd be no flaws, but anyway.
0: But that's all right. Well, tell me how you're doing and what's going on in your life.
2: Well, we're doing great. Um, life is good in the sunny South. It's 70 degrees, but just raining. And Mary Addison has been a little under the weather, but that's what we do. And she's, uh, she's still the bright spot in our life. And uh, we've started master classes online And uh, we've got a couple of those going to master classes, where I actually lead the small groups online. And I love it, love it, love it. It's such a gift to me. Just like I enjoy talking to you. It's such a gift to connect to other people who get it.
0: What goes on in those classes?
2: Well, we go through the workbooks chapter by chapter and just discuss each chapter. But I think the thing that happens the most is People breathe a deep sigh of relief going, oh, I'm not the only one that feels that way. People express a lot of really hard emotions about caregiving and how they feel. And these are people, you know, Peter, you and I talk about there's those who've only been doing it for, you know, a year or so, but then I get a lot of folks in my groups who've been doing it 10, 15, 20 years, and um, they just need a leg up again.
0: Well, I have extras. (laughs) Uh That's just that's just wrong. That's wrong. That's just wrong, right there. Uh, I buy I buy eggs from a local farmer rancher down the road here, and uh, you go in and you um, you put your money in a jar and you get however many eggs you need. She's got goat milk, cow milk, everything else. But the price of eggs were going up, and I told her, "I said if it costs an arm and a leg, will you take two legs?" And uh, (laughs) that's just wrong, Mary. That's wrong.
2: It is. Uh, hey but, you, but it's your life
0: it is my life you, you well do you do it. you find one of the things I find when I talk to caregivers is that they are relieved to hear things in their own language because I yeah. really believe that caregivers we we know the words that everybody's saying to us but it doesn't really penetrate down to our heart that is the whole focus of what you do is that what you see do you see eyes widen when you're doing these small groups and they're, they're like oh you understand me. You you can hear, you understand the words I'm saying, right? And they understand you, kind of thing.
2: And it's a super aha, but even more exciting, Peter, is when they hear the word of God fall afresh on them in a new way, and they have a huge God aha. Because you know, I I, I think that's the other thing is people have had faith, but they're in the trenches, and they are looking for. Uh, results. They're looking for the reality of God's promises in their life. They're clinging to that. And when you clear away the cobwebs and help them see things that they hadn't seen before or help them understand a whole new way to look at things, it's, it's just incredible. And when one gets it, they all get it. That's the other thing. It's so great to do it in a group with other people
0: what's the biggest, I don't want to say stumbling, block. what's the biggest topic that you find yourself addressing and readdressing? What, if there's, is there something that comes back to you that that you circle back to a lot of this group of what common struggle?
2: Absolutely. And that is when you are taking care of someone who is suffering or struggling, uh, it triggers all the work that you need to do (laughs) because it's like, if somebody else is having a problem, but suddenly you're the hot mess, it's triggering something that you haven't done the work on. And so we, we work on that a whole lot. And the whole image of there's this voice that we've been listening to our whole lives. It's the father of lies. It's our ego. It's our flesh. And like in Romans 8, 6, if you listen to this, it's heading for death. But if you listen for this, which is the spirit of God, and you let it tell that to be quiet. All right.
0: So for those of you that. listening on the podcast on radio, Mary's using hand signals. At first, oh, yeah, I thought she funny. she was she was waving somebody into third base. I didn't know what was going on there, but she's holding her head above her head. So you're listening to one voice over here, but you're when you hear the voice straight down, that's when it's your heart gets settled. So I just, sorry about that, Barry. I had to translate for the visually un, unengaged I'm here.
2: Forgetting they can't see what we see, but I mean, that's a huge aha. And when people realize that what's making them so upset with their life in taking care of for a loved one, it's one thing to tell them. It's the very calling of Jesus. You've been chosen. You're equipped This is what Jesus did, blah, blah, blah. But when you explain to them why they get ripped out of the frame so easily, why they get irritated, why they feel inadequate, you know, then suddenly they realize I have a choice. I don't, you know, that's what the peaceful caregiver was all about. God worked with me on peace for two years about, are you going to be able to do this without exploding and being irritated and having patience and, Not throwing a pity party, you know, only once a month. How about never? How about how about learn to see this? Um, as it's just bringing up the worst in you so that you can get the worst of you out. And people really start having an aha moment when they realize that's what's going on. It's not Mary Addison that's doing it, it's my unfinished business that I haven't worked out.
0: Well, I agree, and I I share that same belief system i i have often said that if you have cracks which we all do caregiving is only going to amplify those things Mm -hmm. and and it's going to expose rapidly things that may have normally taken a lifetime to unpack but in the crucible of caregiving the pressure so intense things just erupt out and and i am um uh my new book comes out in Spring, but then I'm gonna start on my next book, which is called Cringe: My Life as a Caregiver, because I just cringe over everything. I mean, I I look and I think, you know, and and then somebody said this the other day, um, and and I'm glad that you've got all this stuff going on here because, you know, it make I I feel a little bit better about it because your your pace is about the same as mine. And they were and and I remember talking to a an agent, and he said, "Well, you need to be writing a book every year," and I'm thinking. You show me somebody's writing a book every year for caregivers, and I'll show you somebody who's not caregiving.
1: That's right,
0: you know, because you and I we write about the same pace, you know, <laughs> and 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 that's okay because it takes. I was telling this on my program the other day, and you, as a Low Country South Carolinian, would appreciate this. I cook almost exclusively with iron. I love my my iron pans, right and Iron has to season. You can't put that in the dishwasher. You don't wash it. You, you. There's the way you deal with iron, and it's seasoned. It takes time to really get that great iron skillet that makes great fried chicken. I made some iron skillet fried chicken the other day. I had no complaints from my wife. Yeah, I uh, and, and, but you don't. Know, you. It takes a while for an iron skillet to do that. Well, it takes a while for a caregiver to do that too. I mean, it just these are seasoning things that it takes.
2: Well, and you know, it takes the whole second part of the peaceful caregiver is it's one thing to have these aha moments, but if you don't put them into practice, if you don't put these ahas into practice and say, well, it doesn't make sense, but this is what your words said, and I'm going to give it a go and actually do it. That's the other part that like with the seasoning, I mean, then it, it's just words.
0: Well, that's what I love about the small groups. I think that's where you have, you do such a great service to your, group that comes in there because you're, you're keeping that top of mind awareness with them. And you keep talking about that. And I I want to unpack that a little bit more, particularly in your five steps on the path to peace. This is Peter Rosenberg. We're talking with Mary Hutterow down in the low country of South Carolina, where I am from South Carolina, so I like to say low country. And she is the, uh, the author of The Heart of the Caregiver, theheartofthecaregiver.com. This is Peter Rosenberg, and we'll be right back.
1: Vice President Kamala Harris, who has always made headlines wherever she goes for word salads and gaffes and whatnot, uh, she did another misspeak uh, while she was abroad. Steve, uh, that, we're going to play this clip. Chris. What's that? Did you call her abroad? While she, well, she's abroad. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, excuse yes, me. I, okay. I
1: haven't heard that word since yeah. I was a teenager and my dad. Today's
0: Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. She spent 40 years telling her courageous story of faith
1: and perseverance during World War II. I'm Charles Morris, and 40 years after Corey Ten Boom went home to be with the Lord, I want to revisit her legacy of sacrifice and endurance on a Haven Today series called Return to the Hiding Place. Haven Today, weekday mornings at 430 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. Master Robert Jeffress. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Imagine a giant dam that is in danger of uh, collapsing, crumbling, and a, there's a village below filled with people who are in danger of being flooded, and a group of concerned townspeople go up and they push up against that dam, Then they know ultimately their effort is futile, ultimately that dam is going to burst, and that's really what we Christians are trying to do. We're not going to save this culture. We're not going to prevent its ultimate collapse, but we're to push back against evil for as long as we can to give people an opportunity to hear the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to be a preservative, pushing back against evil, but at the same time, we're to be sharing the light of Jesus Christ. And I believe we're to get involved and not get in our spiritual silos and wait for the end to come. A reminder from American Family Radio. eyes are on the cross where you gave it all. I worship
0: Welcome to back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger talking with my longtime you. friend, Mary Tudorow, author of I The See Heart Need of the Caregiver, theheartofthecaregiver.com. We're talking about speaking in the language that caregivers understand, dealing with our own stuff. We, we often focus on the behavior of our loved one and we think, okay, if we can control that, then we'll be okay. Well, we can't control us, much less anybody else. And we have to bend the knee and go back to scripture and say, okay, Lord, what's going on with me? And that's where her focus is. And I want her to take us down the path of peace, the five steps on the path to peace, and also just share other things, whatever's on your heart, Mary, I want you to share. And I thank you for being a part of the program with us.
2: Well, you know, Peter, well, I'm glad to be here too, but you know, the thing that is so Hard to overcome as a caregiver is it seems like there is a long list of stuff that has to happen before you can have peace. You know, my loved one has to stop suffering. I need to be sure that we have a safe financial security I need to get in better health because I'm exhausted all the time. Um, I can't have peace because my loved one is developing behavioral issues. You know, there's just a list, and we go through that in our groups of, you know, what's stealing your peace? And in addition to the things that are going on with the person you're caring for, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before. There's politics that are stealing your peace. There's your neighbor next door whose dog won't be quiet. There's so many other things that are stealing your peace and on your last nerve. And if you're waiting for all those things to clear up, and if you're waiting for somebody to apologize to you or whatever, you're never going to have peace. So you have to change. And the way you have to change is to believe God's word that says, you know, basically peace is possible regardless of circumstances, because I'm giving you my peace. And so that's great to hear, but how do you practice receiving the peace that God is giving you regardless of your circumstances?
0: What did that look like for you? I mean, and you and I both are in the 30 plus year club of caregiving. So these are not things that we learned the first year uh, or the first decade, (laughs) Maybe not even the second decade, but but it's something that that is being worked out. A sancti- the sanctification process is is often a very slow, methodical process. It's not God's not doing this happenstance. But what what did that look like for you when you started seeing these nuggets and started following that breadcrumb to? trail of where this is going for you? What did that look like?
2: Well, I tell this story, you know, tongue in cheek in my groups. I don't ever tell people now I will, that it was me, but I had a moment where I dumped over a cup of coffee in front of a crowd of people that I was doing a retreat for. And I could feel myself going in my head. I didn't say it, but I was going, Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I've done this. I've stained their carpet. I don't know where a paper towel is. I don't know who to ask to help me to pick it up. And I, I don't know if my skirt is long enough that if I bend over to clean it up, <laughs> will I be putting on a sideshow? And so what do I do? I, you know, And so this thing rose up in me and suddenly another voice said, just excuse yourself and walk over to the person that you know and say, could you get me a paper towel? I'm gonna, let me wipe this up and just say to everyone, Give me just a sec. Let me wipe this up so I don't tromp it around. And I realized there was two voices. There was this voice of hysteria and upset and anger and frustration. And then there was this voice that was very calm going, here, just clean it up. Don't worry about embarrassment. Don't worry what other people are thinking. Don't worry about what the carpet happening to the carpet. Just do the next thing in peace. And that just set me off on a wild ride with God of seeing that in almost every single situation that was frustrating me, I had a choice. There was a a different voice to listen to. And it was that Romans 8, 6 came to life.
0: Tell me Romans 8, 6.
2: The life. Now you're making me quote it. (laughs) But The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I started realizing, and you know, that Jesus tells us all the time, die to self, die to self, put on a new creation, die to self. And I was thinking, well, what does that mean? And then I realized it was dying to that self that had let myself define myself as all my old hurts and old stories and misguided things I've been told throughout my life, and those voices—what were, were what was running my insecurity and my anger and my fear—and when I stopped listening, that I had a choice. Pieces of choice. First, I had the awareness that I had a choice, and then I started realizing a path to actually choosing a different voice. Let it rule. You know,
0: I, I I get that, and I um. I, I want to go back to your comments you made about people or if I can get the neighbor's dog to stop barking, if I can if I can uh, make sure I have a good financial plan or all those kinds of things, then I can have peace. Whereas it's backwards. Scripture, we, We've got that backwards. Scripture says we can have peace and then we make these other, deal with the, these other issues. We could deal yeah. with them from a more settled place. I used to think that I had to have everything settled then I could go be settled. And I've watched this as a common thing with my fellow caregivers when I realize I can be settled no matter what. And I go back to my the verse for me that God really put on my heart a long time ago was in Galatians where he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Mm. I no longer live. The life I live in the body, the life I live as a caregiver, the life I live in this body, yes, I live by faith in the Son of God. So I, I started to see that, okay, as I do these things, this is an act of faith that I'm trusting that this makes sense to God. Gracie'd have to endure this and for me to have to, to help her with it. Somehow, this makes sense to God for Mary Addison to go through what she goes through and for you to walk this journey with her and with your family.
2: Absolutely. I don't
0: it doesn't make sense to me, but he didn't ask for it to make sense to me. He asked me to trust that it makes sense to him. And there is the difference. So all of this is one big step of faith after another. God, yes. I trust that this makes sense to you. Is this what is this? what you have found.
2: That's exactly it. And the person that I am, and for those of you that are taking care of kids, you'll know what I say when I I say an IEP meeting, you know, where you go to the school and you're telling them what you want and you're making out the plan for your child's life. Or even when I was dealing with my mother-in-law, we took care of my mother-in-law through cancer and dementia as well. And, you know, I would go into these meetings and or I would be in a hospital room or Mary Addison would have been put in a coma And all my fears and pain and worry and inadequacy would come out in these situations. And I'd be a hot mess. And you could tell people were recoiling from me. And I was starting to become a very prickly, angry person. I was losing friends. And when I decided to choose peace first and just to have faith that God was present and that he was able to give me a new thought and a new response, all I needed to give him was just a moment of stillness where I just would, okay, okay, wait a second. It's, it's, the, it's the beauty of take a deep breath and count to 10 before you say anything. It's the beauty of that. And it, it was that moment of, so I don't have to be screaming and yelling at everybody. I don't have to be angry and shoving people around. I don't have to be depressed and full of self-pity. Okay, let me just take a deep breath, be still for just a minute and let God put a new thought, new words, new reactions in my heart and in my mouth and in my mind. And he does. He does. And you say that thing and you went, wow, was that me? And you say a loving, kind thing. You do the thing that's right for everyone involved, not just for your own ego and your own opinion. And suddenly you find his spirit is alive and well within me. I've just never given it a chance to be the first to respond. You know, it changes everything.
0: Indeed, it does. And I Like I said, I'm going to write this book called Cringe of all the times that I wish that I had understood this concept in years past, that last week, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I think that's the thing about being a caregiver is there's never um, a shortage of opportunities to, to walk through this particular lesson. (laughs) This is, this is our life. And it's, for me, I had a moment like the coffee cup thing. um, Well, I've had a lot of (laughs) moments that were kind of those moments. But I I remember one time coming home from the hospital, and I say this with great shame and embarrassment and cringing. Gracie was in her wheelchair at the time. This was many years ago. The kids were smaller, and she humbly asked. She said, "Would you like for me to help with dinner?" And I remember slamming the, the cabinet door in the kitchen. And I said, "No, I have to be in control of something." Ooh. And I thought. I look back at that. And I thought. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I I just I just groan over these things, but. The, the reason I share them is not to to wallow in it, but to say, okay, this is the reality of our life as caregivers. We're going to have those moments. We're going to have a lot of them. If you do this long enough, it's, it's, they're just going to just blur into a whole bunch of them.
2: Absolutely. Well, yeah, not only do we have to deal with it, but if we want things to change, we're the only ones we can change. Right. And so I needed a new practice. I needed a new I was tired of waking up every morning, being afraid to put my feet on the floor, that the giant ball of to-do lists and difficult emotions was just going to absolutely squash me before I even got out the bedroom door. I had my my own worst problem was of my own creation. It wasn't Mary Addison. It wasn't my mother-in-law who hated me. You know, it wasn't cancer. It wasn't dementia. And it wasn't seizures. It was me. It was me listening to all my old stories and the things I've been Told I was meant to think from parents and religion and college, you know, all these things that I thought if I'm not doing these things well, I'm not living a good life.
0: This is why I love having you on here because we as caregivers have listened to so many other voices because there weren't longtime veteran caregivers with voices that were speaking into our lives. I'm sure they were there, but their voices were not nearly as present as the other voices. Right. And so I love what you're doing is that you are standing up and speaking to caregivers in a way they can understand. I think I've told you the story when I was over in Ghana in the airport there, where usually I my salvation is is worked out with fear and trembling in airports these days, and um, I I get a little bit edgy, but but when I hear somebody, I mean over there they all speak English or most of them do because it was English colony and uh, but it's that thick West African English, you know, pita and. Yes. And so when I hear somebody speak with an American dialect, my ear automatically. T- and then if I am blessed enough to hear somebody speak with a Southern accent over there, which I've heard, then I my ear immediately picks up that I could hear the, I could hear a y'all all the way across the airport there at, at the at the airport in Ghana. And across, I mean, I could hear that among the whole din of noise. I could hear that all oh, y'all, and let's go see Mama them you know but i i can hear that and so i think for us as caregivers when somebody is saying these things in a way that grabs our ears we can hear this and we can and do this and this is why what you're doing is so important we're talking with mary Tudorow, of uh, the author of the heart of a Care, the heart of the caregiver and we are so glad that she is with us we got more to go this is peter rosenberger don't go away we'll be right back Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? I've had that privilege many times through our organization Standing with Hope. When my wife Gracie gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs They go walking and leaping and praising God. You can be a part of that at StandingWithHope.com.
1: Hey, I'm Matthew West, and I've got some great news. There is a way to break free from drug addiction, no matter how hopeless things might seem. After three days of taking fentanyl, I was having to do more and more and more just to get high. I had an overdose. I just blacked out and woke up three days later. I knew what I had to do because I was gonna die if I kept going. It was really refreshing coming into the Teen Challenge. I felt a sense of relief right as I walked through the door. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get help now. I'm tired of using. And if I base my identity around Jesus, then I can make a better life for myself. And I think that he's going to help me create something really good. Adult and Teen Challenge helps people find a life of freedom. You can call 1-855-END-ADDICTION or visit them online at teenchallengeusa.org.
0: Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. We're talking with Mary Tudorow down in the low country of South Carolina, where I am from that state, but I'm from the upstate of South Carolina. I think that most people just look at it, If you're from South Carolina, they don't really care what part of the state you're from. You're from South Carolina. And uh, I'm Carolina born, Carolina bred. When I die, I'll be Carolina dead. <laughs> you ever heard that, Mary?
2: <laughs> I that was
0: actually the battle cry for Newberry College. Uh, I just let you know that. Uh, Mary Tudorow, the heart of the caregiver.com. We're talking about the path to peace, learning to be peaceful while you're in the middle of this thing. You don't have to have everything all worked out. Uh, everything in scripture says that we're not going to have everything settled. Paul learned this from prison after being beaten. He and Paul and uh, Paul and Silas were, were um, singing around midnight, it says in Acts. Uh, after being beaten and they were in stocks they were in the middle of the prison. So they were in prison, in prison, in prison at times three. And they were singing hymns around midnight. I don't know how many of us as caregivers sing hymns around midnight. Mary, do you sing hymns around midnight?
2: Yes. I'm up wandering the house. Mary Addison doesn't sleep. What else am I going to do? Social media
0: reruns of Matlock.
2: (laughs) No, no, (laughs) I won't do it.
0: Sometimes I do, but I'm not, I I'm a morning person now and, uh, and Gracie is not, but I am. Um, and, and so I don't do real well at night and I'm looking at her and said, okay, look, babe, I'm, I'm done for the night because I'll have more done by, you know, nine 30 in the morning than most people get done all day. <laughs> and, and by six I, And my pastor right here, they made me a deacon at this church out here where Aww. I go. And, and I, and I told him, I said, I, I was convinced I would never serve as a deacon at a church that would have me as a deacon. And, and so they, they, but he has these meetings that go on at night and, and he walk and I walk into these meetings and this, you know, 630 at night and I'm bleary eyed. And he said, it's 630. I said, my day starts different than yours. And my day is different. So can we have these meetings at like, you know, eight o'clock and, uh, but I don't think they will in the morning, but well,
2: I'm
0: I, a I I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that sings a lot of hymns at midnight. And yet scripture well, says we can.
2: Well, you know, um, it's when he, it's, it's when he speaks the most loudly to me at night. Yeah. Like, well, the wee hours of the morning, I'm the person with the cell phone flashlight on running to find my pad and pen that I should have learned long time ago, to just keep by the bed, but I don't want to wake up when, but I go running to my corner in the dark and, Just start writing like
0: crazy. If I go running to the corner in in the dark at night, I'm going to be hitting furniture and uh, speaking in languages I didn't know I could. Yeah. So i uh, I always wear shoes. By the way, always I never go barefoot because of Die Hard. It It ruined me for barefoot because that scene when he has to when he has to run across all the broken glass and he's barefoot (laughs) that ruined me from going barefoot because I have. I have stumbled into furniture in the middle of the night barefoot and I won't do that again so yeah, I always right. wear shoes. Well, I and I appreciate that. I mean, you know, that Gracie is a night person. She just, you know, she's up all out. I but mean, most of that because she struggles to be able to get to sleep. Um, but it's uh um the it's the quietness is where he gets our attention. And that's when yes. it's quiet usually it's night. In the morning times out here it's quiet for me and uh I watch the sunrise, have a cup of coffee. And chew on these things, and, and I want to I want to leave I want to throw this out to you, and then I want you to take this out. I think that there's this um, pressure we put on ourselves, or we've had uh, again these voices put on us, you know, about doing your Bible study and you doing your day. And I, one guy said, you know, I'm reading a chapter a day or doing this this. And I want to suggest to my fellow caregivers and myself. We don't have to put these um chapters and number requirements on ourselves. Sometimes we can just chew on a verse all day long. Just there's some things about scripture. If we just take it slow, we don't we could just savor, you know, these these verses like you had a minute ago with Romans and, and, and then in Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I'm going to chew on that verse for the rest of my life.
2: Yeah, well, yes, I will give you a big, huge yes on that. I have a however, something that when you start practicing this peace walk, okay, so you're aware you have a choice that there are two voices, you decide I'm going to take that deep breath and wait for a new for a new something, I'm going to empty my old stories and recognize that's an old story. I I'm not going to fall for that again. Okay. I'm going to empty it, but now you you are free to listen. Like Mary did at the feet of Jesus, you're free to listen. And so instead of having, instead of sitting down and reading the Bible and having these wonderful verses that make sense, um, gosh, this is without having taught the whole class to you, <laughs> We spend so much time, the ego tries to make God explain himself to our ego. When you've learned how to quiet your ego, you can listen and receive through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you don't have to argue with God's word anymore. It flows. It flows. I,
0: I stand corrected. It does. It, it's not me trying to meet a requirement. It's me just basking and seeing, and it does flow. And you're like, oh, I never saw that before. And it
2: just comes because you've quieted all that stuff that goes, yeah, but well, I, that, you know, well, how am I supposed, you've quieted all that and you're just, you're, you're fine tuned antenna. You're just listening and you're listening all day long and all night long. It You've opened up this huge space within yourself to receive what God is sending all the time, you know, and then your prayer life. Instead of it becoming and your quiet time with God and all those things, those practices like you're talking about, Peter, instead of it becoming a list of all the problems and all the messed up people and all the difficult situations, your prayer life becomes this time of receiving the answers you've been looking for. It's it, you can pray without ceasing because you've opened this channel between you and God that's not making him have to explain himself to your ego. You're just ready to receive it's it's a whole different way
0: i i see that it is contemplating and pondering one of my favorite lines from a hymn is ponder anew what the almighty can do from ye yeah. the lord the almighty it's one of my favorite hymns i love the hymns and and i think that's why i love them because they, they they say these great theological truths in such a way that it's easy for me to remember and i i do i do see that where we have to we we Stop striving to make sense of this and just see what he says and let him make sense to us. He he'll make it, he'll make it make sense. I don't have to make it sense. He will reveal it. Yes. And, and I think that's what I hear you say. And I, and I, 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 I stand clarified. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well,
2: and I've watched it in the people that do these groups. I've just watched it. And I, I, it's, it's a gift to me. To have all these people in my life who then follow up and write me letters and tell me how God has done things in them, you know, once they've stopped listening to this voice that is what is running the world. Now they're listening through their heart to truth that passes understanding. I mean that's one big thing about peace is he says my peace you know and that it passes understanding. Hello, doesn't need to be filtered through the ego. Just receive it.
0: You know, anybody else saying this and it would sound a little too simple but when you understand the context from which Mary says this this is um extraordinary because she's doing this after 30 plus years of caregiving through a very, very, very extreme situation with her daughter and, and her mother-in-law. Um, These, the, the context makes the difference and the weight of her words. And I want you to check out her website, go to the heart look at her books, look at her materials that she has. She is taking a wealth of wisdom and insights and um, things she's learned the hard way. In fact, Mary, would it be fair to say you hadn't learned anything the easy way?
2: <laughs> Amen, bro. <laughs>
0: I've never, I've never seen anybody go, I learned that the easy way. You know, <laughs> this is um, it's, it's important for us all to listen to people who have fought in these trenches for as long as Mary has. And that's why I love to have her on the program and we're going to have her on, on a regular basis. I've already committed that. I will tell you why not only does she have great insights, but then she sent me some Southern biscuit stuff. And, um, so that, that's always good. And I made those biscuits. My father-in-law in in the summertime comes down and we have Saturday morning breakfasts where we cover a variety of, of topics and solve the problems of the world. And I served those biscuits one day and, uh, he, uh, he went to school for a while there in South Carolina. And, uh, but he's a child of the South too. And When he had those biscuits, Mary, he was, he was quite grateful. He oh. he, loved, he loved those biscuits. So uh, we we want to keep that channel. Oh, it was you know, keeping open channels. We want to keep that channel open for all okay. those southern. Because I can't get that stuff out here in Montana. You have no idea what I have to do just to get grits out here. And <laughs> They look at me, grits. What what do you mean grits? You know, now I'm if I like,
2: can figure out how to get you some fresh shrimp.
0: Well, uh, that's going to be a, a, a challenge. Uh, there's nothing like a good old shrimp boil. And, um, I, I, I am thinking about making some shrimp and grits. My, I told you my sister for, uh, was out here and for Christmas brunch, she made a uh, shrimp and grits. And oh, <laughs> so, as, as Jerry Clower would say, it'd make a puppy pull a freight train. As, <laughs> <laughs> so, Listen, I have enjoyed this time and I appreciate you being here with us. We're going to have you on more. Theheartofthecaregiver.com. Theheartofthecaregiver.com. Mary Tudorow, go out and check out her site. Look at what she has to offer. Take advantage of the, the insights that she brings. And Mary, I want you to know how much I appreciate you being a part of the program today. Thank you so much, Peter. You're quite welcome. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. Hope for the Caregiver.com. We'll see you next time.